minister, hopefully not too long. Amen. When Pastor Scott, you know, spoke about going back to Bethel. Amen. Bethel was first mentioned as a place where Abraham built an altar, calling out to the Lord, according to Scripture. And then probably like the most famous account of Bethel was Jacob. Like our brother told us last night, that was a powerful message, amen. If people will push through the hard times, they'd see stuff just like like you spoke to us about. He's laid on a rock. <laughs> and, uh, that was phenomenal. But then we have that encounter with Jacob and, and the ladder and, and everything like that. And studying and researching of, of, of Bethel, I found it that when the Israelites went into the promised land under Joshua, the ark of God was placed in Bethel. Amen. Listen to me again. When the Israelites went into the nation under Joshua, went into the promised land, started defeating the enemies and everything, Bethel was one of the cities where the Ark of the Covenant stopped and where the Israelites started up, started offering up sacrifices and inquiring of the Lord. Amen. So there's something really special about Bethel. So the Lord started talking to me because to have the presence of God, there also has to have sacrifices. Amen. So in Bethel, you got the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. How many know that God hovered over that Ark in that blue flickering flame called the Shekinah glory? Amen. But along with that comes the sacrifices. If you want the glory, if you want the presence of the Lord, there has to be sacrifices. We know that Jesus Christ became our supreme sacrifice, but a lot of people in the body of Christ does, do not think that they have to do anything. Amen? Amen? So the word that I have for each and every one of us tonight is that God has the fire, where's the sacrifice? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. God has more than enough fire. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? He has more than enough fire to ignite any sacrifice. Amen? But he's looking for sacrifices. Woo, hallelujah. I just felt the presence of the Lord. Listen to me. Someone here, you stopped. You were paying the price, but you stopped because the price got too much for you, you thought. But the fire of God's waiting for you to climb back up on the altar and just lay there. I feel the presence of the Lord. My, my, my. I feel the heavy presence of the Lord. I can hardly stand up here right now. 
But God's looking for sacrifices. God's looking for people that will climb upon the altar of God and stay there. Amen. How many know we got to stay there? We, we have to, absolutely got to stay there. Over in Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, remember when the, the, the next time that Bethel is mentioned in Scripture is when they're in the promised land. And that's where they placed the ark, and that's where the priests offered up their sacrifices and inquired of the Lord before. Then after that, the ark traveled under David over into Jerusalem. But, uh, but the, when they first went to the promised land, they put that thing right at Bethel. Amen? So the Lord's looking for sacrifices. Everybody say sacrifices. Amen? This is what the scripture says, Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you pre present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Amen? As a living sacrifice, holy. Oh, we don't hear much about that anymore. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Amplified Bible put these verses like this. I appealed there. To you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of God's mercies to make a decisive decision. Everybody say decisive decision. Amen. Too, too many people in the body of Christ are in and out, up and down. Too many people in the body of Christ, you, 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 can't, you, you can't get a radar on them because you don't know where they're at. You, you understand what I'm talking about? They, they, they sometimes, they, they, they have the appearance and the feeling that they're there. And then in, in the next day, they, 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 it's like they're not there. <laughs> Amen? But, he's, but this is what the Apostle Paul said. You've got to make a decisive decision. How many of you want the fire of God? Oh, no, I mean, you really want the fire of God. Amen? The, before you can have the fire of God to do things for God, you've got to have the fire of God to consume you. It has to consume you. you. You and I have to be consumed by the fire of God, amen? You and I have to make a decisive. We finally got to go past the point of no return, amen? We have to go past that point of no return. We got to go back to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. We got to go back to the place where God's presence is, where God's fire is. Amen? To be able to do what we need to do, but we also have to go back to get the fire to burn inside of us, to purge us out, amen? And to clean us out, amen? You understand what I'm talking about? Listen, I did not want to bring this word. I'm saying, go, why am I wanting to bring this word? <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, when you learn to be a sacrifice, God can do things through you, amen? Amen? Listen, it's not about no big ministry. It's about the death of you and I. Amen. How many know that you and I need to get out of the picture? Amen. We just need to get up. But the Apostle Paul was talking and he said, listen to me. It's time for you to make a decisive decision. It's time for you and I to decide where, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And I'm talking about a personal thing because the personal thing will become a corporate thing if the personal thing is done right. I mean, understand what I'm talking about. 
The, the scripture says he commands a blessing where brethren are dwelling together in unity. That means we are all on the same page, amen? That means we are all dying to ourselves, <laughs> amen? We, we, we all are, are taking up our cross. How many know Jesus said that we have to take up our cross daily, amen? And, and, and listen, the cross is not some pretty piece of jewelry. It's not some pretty thing to put up on the wall. The cross is for you and I to carry, Amen? We're supposed to be a living sacrifice. We're supposed to be carrying the cross of the Lord. It's time for the church to finally make a decision. Either we're going to go all the way with this or just back up and go do whatever you want to do. Amen? We either need to go all the way with this or not go all the way with it. Either we're going to go all the way to where the fire of God consumes us, to where there's none of us left, and then the fire of God can flow out the church doors and consume the other people, amen? But you and I got to be torched by the fire as a living sacrifice. A lot of people go after the fire because they want to do some big things for the Lord, amen? And, and, and I believe totally in that. But I also believe that the fire was meant for, to, be, to, to consume you and I, amen? Jesus said, I, the, the scripture says, Jesus said, I will baptize you with fire. Everybody say fire. That wasn't so much for signs, wonders, and miracles, and I love that. But we got too much flesh flowing around in the body of Christ. Way too much flesh flowing around in the body of Christ. Amen. And anointed flesh will become an irritation to the body of Christ. Amen. God does not, li- God does not mind a live wire as long as it's well grounded. Amen. I mean, how many have ever worked with electricity or just fooled around with electricity? If that thing is not grounded, it's going to burn you, and it, will, and it hurts, amen? And there's too many people in the body of Christ that, that has not, first of all, a lot of them has not even got up on the altar of the Lord, and others have got up on the altar of the Lord and, and then jumped off because they come to a point to where this is costing me too much. Amen? It is costing me too much. God is looking for people that are willing to pay the price and to keep on paying the price and to keep on paying the price. Amen. Listen to me. Listen to me real, really well on this. You and I will never, never learn to bear our cross without drinking the cup. Okay. I'll explain that to you. You and I will never, ever learn how to carry our cross without drinking the cup. The cup is talked about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, which was not his first time he went there. In fact, if you read Scripture, that's where he went all the time. He went to the place of Gethsemane, which is the place that is, uh, in, in, in terminology of Gethsemane, means a place of extreme pressure. It means a place of extreme crushing. Amen? So Jesus visited this garden oftenly. But then, but then when it came to the final time to visit there before he was heading on the cross, he cried out, said, Father, not my will, but your will. He said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, not my will, but your will. Amen. You and I have to drink the cup. What is the cup that we have to drink in order to be the living sacrifice, in order to carry our cross properly? It is God, not my will, but your will. Amen. 
I want your will in my life. Whatever you want me to do, whatever, whatever I need to get rid of, whatever I need to start doing, amen? Listen to me. A sacrifice has no voice. <laughs> amen? A sacrifice, it, 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 it doesn't really have a voice. A sacrifice is made for a sacrifice, amen? God is looking for men and women that is willing to pay the price, that are really willing to pay the price. How many of you are willing to pay the price, amen? I mean, how many of you are ready to see what, what we keep? I'm, I'm, listen to me. I love all the revival stories. I can tell you revival stories of Brownsville, and I probably will, and I love it, but listen to me. There's one thing of reading about revival and living in revival and flowing in revival and experiencing revival, and not for just a, a, short, uh, a short amount of time. How many know we're supposed to be walking in revival all the days of our life? Amen? We're supposed to be doing that. But a lot of times the reason why it doesn't happen that way is because we get in the way. Amen? The biggest hindrance to the fire of God inside each and every one is us. Amen? There's a lot of people that haven't made that decisive decision to go on past the point of no return. If you go to the book of Ruth, you know that there was two young ladies. There was, there was Ruth and there was the other young lady called Orpah. Both of them had a decision to make. Amen? Both of them had a decision to make. We know and we understand that Ruth made a decision to go ahead and go with what God wanted her to do. Amen? Not really knowing what God wanted her to do. She just wanted the God of heaven. Amen? The other one went back. They both was that where they, they were both brought, was they both were brought to a pay, a place to where they had to get it had to be a decision time. Everybody say decision time. It was a decision time. What are you gonna do? Okay, what are you gonna do? If you want me, if you want the fullness of me, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go backwards? Are you gonna go back to the old life in a sense? And not even talking about the old life as far as like unbelievers or anything, but just the old life of religion. How many know religion never does satisfy? How many know the husk of religion never does satisfy? Once you've been tasted the glory of the Lord, you, you'll be, you're ruined forever, amen? You're like a fish out of water without the glory of the Lord. But God is looking for sacrifices, amen? Amen. Bethel is a place where we look and we see the presence of the Lord, and we love the presence of the Lord, but it's also a place to where God is looking for men and women to sacrifice themselves, amen, so that he can place the fire of God upon them, so that they can be a living sacrifice around them. I want to let you know something. We are living in a day where it's hard to tell who is a true Christian. Amen? I mean, it is tough to, 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 to really, if you go biblically, I mean, know someone I'm talking about, it's really hard biblically to, to see who is a true believer of the Lord, amen? There is so much mixture inside of the body of Christ. So much mixture. You probably see a lot of it travel around. Just like you said last night, there's not a lot of churches out there that even has what we got here, amen? Because there's just so much mixture, you know? And I'm going to let you know, if you want to be touched by heaven like you really desire to be touched by heaven, you and I are going to have to become a living sacrifice. We're going to have to get upon the altar. <laughs> Amen? 
You and I are going to have to willingly climb upon that altar. You and I are going to have to willingly make a decision. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired without the presence of God in my life daily. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of just feeling the presence of the Lord while I'm here in this house. I want to feel the presence of the Lord in my house. How many of you want to feel the presence of God in your house? How many of you want to feel the presence of God in your marriages? Amen. How many of you want your children to feel the presence of God? Amen. You and I got to get to the place to where we're sick and tired of, 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 of not having that. Amen. To where, to where we lay ourselves on the altar of God. And we say, God, whatever's in there, get it out of me. Amen. Just get it out of me. You talk about Brownsville where you felt like, you know, you just needed to make sure everything was cleaned out. Well, me and my wife, when we made a first trip down to Brownsville, listen to me. The, the first trip we made down to Brownsville, we was there for like a week at the pastor's conference. And the only thing that when, when, when we left Brownsville, it's like, it like me and my wife was looking at each other. It's like we felt different. And the only thing that we could say is that we felt like we were born again again. You know, born again again. Amen. Because I'm telling you, Brownsville, the glory of God was there, but I want to let you know the purging fire of God was there. And the purging fire of God, I'm telling you right now, that when, if you really want the Lord and you really want to be touched by the Lord, the Lord is going to start coming into the deep crevices of your heart and start dealing with stuff. Amen. All of a sudden, he'll shine a light on something that needs to be dealt with. You know, all of a sudden it gets illuminated and, and, and the Lord says, okay, you want me? You really want me? You want, you want the fullness of me? I need you to do something about this, amen? And how many know when the Lord wants us to do something about it, he just wants us to take it to him and let him do something about it, amen? So the apostle Paul says, you need to make a decision. Everybody say decision. It has to be, and, and listen, it's not a one and done decision, it's a decision that has to be made every day. And not just every day, but every hour of every day. And every minute of every day. And every second of every day. You and I have to make a decision that I have to die. Amen? I have to die in order for God to really come and flow through me and touch me and just experience the presence of God. You and I have to die. John the Baptist said it. I got to de- decrease. Amen? He says, I got to get out of the way. <laughs> Amen? Because, because one is coming greater. I mean, no one is coming greater. And, and, and listen to me, the, the reality of things is that God can do everything on his own, okay? You know, he just chooses to flow through us. Amen? But I'm going to ask you a question. Are you serious about wanting God? Amen? Because you know in the body of Christ, we all pick up words. We all pick up language. You know, with every new thing that comes down the pipeline, it's like we pick up the language of it without having the heart of it. I mean, I understand what I'm talking about. It's easy to say, oh, I want revival. Oh, yeah, revival. The theme of revival is coming back. I want the presence of the Lord. Yes, I want that. I want that. But not really wanting it. Amen? But just picking up the language of it. I want you, I'm going to let you know God is wanting sacrifices, amen? 
God is looking for men and women, boys and girls, all the way down to all the way up to really want him. And in order to really want him, you got to come and lay yourself on the altar of God. Amen. The apostle Paul says, make a decisive dedication of your bodies. It, it, it says in the Amplified, presenting all your mem members and faculties as a living sacrifice. That means giving it all to him. Everybody say all. We got to give all to him. You can't hold anything back. You can't keep anything back. He wants it all. Amen. He, I mean, listen to me. He wants everything of us. Amen. He wants all of us. He wants, he wants, whew, hallelujah. He wants us to give him everything. Amen. All of our dreams. Okay. All of, all, all of what you're longing to be in this life. Because how many know everything in this life is temporary? Nothing's eternal. Amen? And so the Lord is looking for sacrifices. Everybody say sacrifices. He's looking for sacrifices. He's looking for people to make a decisive decision to dedicate themselves of going after him, no matter what the cost is, because it will cost. How many know it does cost? Listen to me. God does not come cheap. Amen? He just does not come cheap. David thought that was the, the, the way to do it. David was a, a God chaser. Amen. In fact, he was probably the number one God chaser in the scripture, according to scripture, is David. He saw over 20 years King Saul of being the king of Israel. He did not one time go after the ark. He didn't have no interest in the presence of God. He never went. He was king. He couldn't have went and got it. When David became king, he had a hunger for the presence of the Lord. Amen. He was a God chaser, but he did it wrong. Okay, he went after and thought, let's just go get it. You know, just let it come in on the cart and just bring it in on the cart. Amen. And, and let's just get it back here. And all of a sudden, because if we don't do things God's way, how I many know people will get hurt? Amen. People will get hurt. Someone got hurt. Not only did someone get hurt, someone died. And then David had to go back and say, okay, Lord, I want you so bad, you're going to have to teach me how to do this. Amen? You're going to have to teach me. I want the presence of God. We got to get the presence of God back in the nation of Israel. And I want the presence of God. So the Lord showed him. The Lord showed him. Here, here's the key to, to the presence of the Lord. When they went to get the Ark of the Covenant, listen to me, every six steps they had to offer up a sacrifice. Every six steps. So listen to me. You know what will happen? The Ark of the Covenant was over there. King Saul never did go after it because he was just a religious person. Amen? That's all he was. He was a religious person. Religious people are not after the presence of the Lord. They could care less of the presence of the Lord. We're just happy with religion. Amen? David wasn't that type of person. So, so here, the Ark of the Covenant was over there. And David learned how to do it, so they had to take the altar, the brazen altar, out with them. Because <laughs> you just can't offer up a sacrifice and throw it on the ground. I mean, you understand that. You just can't offer up a sacrifice and just throw it on the ground and offer a sacrifice. So listen to me. In Bethel, everybody said Bethel. 
Bethel was the place when they got in the promised land that they took the Ark of the Covenant and they took the brazen altar. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. The brazen altar represents a place of sacrifices. So in order to go get the Ark of the Covenant with the presence of the Lord, they had to take the brazen altar out with them. Amen. And every six steps, they had to offer up sacrifices. So you had some priests that were burying and, and bringing the, the Ark of the Covenant, but then you had other priests that were carrying the brazen altar. And every six steps, they set it down, and they offer up sacrifices. And then after that sacrifice was offered, they picked up both of them and started walking again. Amen? And then six steps, they had to set it back down, and they had to offer up another sacrifice. Because you cannot get the presence of God without having sacrifices. You just can't get it. It, has to, it comes along with people dying to themselves. Amen? Every six steps. In fact, by the time they got the Ark of the Covenant back in Jerusalem, the priests were a sweaty, bloody mess. Amen. It costs, everybody say blood, sweat, and tears. It will cost you blood, sweat, and tears. Amen. It will cost your life. It will cost where you feel like you're dying, and yes, you need to die. Amen. It, it, it feels like, wow, Lord, there's not nothing left of me. That's right. The Lord wants to get us to the place where there's nothing left of us. I remember Catherine Kuhlman said, I can take you to the place where Catherine Kuhlman died. Amen. I want to ask you and I, do we have a place where we died? Amen. Do you and I have a place where we, where we absolutely died out to ourselves, to what we desire, to, to, to what we might want to do in life, what we long to have in life? Have we really died out because we want the presence and the glory of the Lord? They had to offer up sacrifices in order to get that ark back. Amen. So if you and I really want the presence of the Lord, and I feel the presence of the Lord here, if you and I really, really want it, and we really want it to be a sustaining thing, amen, we have to keep on offering ourselves on the altar of the Lord as a living sacrifice. Woo. I feel the presence of the Lord. Because mm. it does cost. Does cost. I remember I was ministering down in Oklahoma. And I was ministering down in close in Oklahoma, and the Lord started speaking to me in my quiet time. He said, Son, he said, Don't let no loss take you away from me. I said, Aye, aye, I hear you. No loss. Amen. Because how many know you gotta die to yourself? And he, he come back to me again in the same just a few moments later, and he said, Son, listen to me. Don't let any loss take you away from me. I said, okay. Okay. You know, I said, okay. You know, I'm, I'm paying the price. And then he came, he, he came the third time and he said, Son, listen to me. You need to make sure that no loss takes you away from me. I thought, okay, Lord, what are you talking about? I mean, no, sometimes it takes a little while to kind of get around to where you start asking questions, you know. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? And then he became silent. Okay, little did I know, listen to me, little did I know, six months down the road, the door of heaven was going to open for my wife. 
Little did I know that the door of heaven was going to open, open, open for my wife. Little did I know that the Lord was going to open the door of heaven and give my wife the option of going home. Amen. I tell you, for the six months, I kept asking the Lord, show me, because I don't want nothing to take you away from me. Amen. Listen to me. A lot of people have walked away from the Lord because of things like that. A lot of people have walked away from the Lord. A lot of people have allowed hardships in their life to, 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 to take them away from God. Amen. You and I got to pay that price no matter what it is. Amen. My wife is gloriously in heaven. <laughs> you know, you should have been there the morning that she went. I did not think she was going to go. You should have been there. Because I'm telling you right, I think the Lord just woke me up just in time to get on the tail end of him ushering her into the presence forever. Amen. But the Lord got a hold of me before that and said, do not let anything take you away from me. So I started preparing my heart. I really started preparing my heart. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to work on as, what I, as much as I can do to make sure that no matter what's coming down the pipeline, I'm not going to let it take me away from you. Amen? And you and I have to live that way. Amen? Because we're going to go through stuff. How many of you have been going through stuff? Amen? We're going to go through stuff. But that stuff that we're going through is a part of us being a sacrifice. Amen? Amen? And so the Lord's looking for sacrifices. He's looking for people that's willing to pay the price, no matter what it is. Amen? I miss her. I miss her. And, 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 but listen to me. Woo! I feel the presence of the Lord. I do. I feel the presence of the Lord. All God is looking is for people that's willing to pay the price. That we are just willing to pay the price. The scripture tells us that, to, that we need to run the race and run it well. The scripture says we need to lay aside everything that's weighing us down. Amen. We need to lay that stuff aside. And the scripture tells us to also... Get rid of that one sinful thing that just keeps on tripping us up. Amen? It could just be one little thing that keeps on tripping us up. It could be just one little thing that keeps on you know, you know, keeping us from getting to the fullness of God's presence to be able to carry the fire of God around. Amen? Listen to me. The fire of God is given to us, first of all, to purge us out. Amen? And to clean us out. It isn't, it isn't really given just to do all the ministry work. It's given to, for, for us just to be pure and clean and holy. Amen? I want to let you know something. We, we're living in a day, and you probably know this, and you probably know we We're living in a day where I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of fearful that people aren't really getting saved. They're just going to church. You understand? They're just going to church. You know, they're, they're, they're just really going to church. We, 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 I, don't, I don't think we got where people are really getting saved, amen? Listen to me. If you cannot, if you or I cannot mark a time in our life where we can say, listen, on this day, 
I gave my heart to the Lord and I was totally changed. Amen? Because listen to me, in order for you and I to even think about laying ourselves down as a, as a sacrifice, you and I have to be gloriously, uh, gloriously saved, amen, and saved the right way, amen. I remember when I got saved. How many of you really remember the day you got saved? I remember it as if it happened today. I was a long-haired hippie. I was out there somewhere. I mean, I was out there somewhere, amen. And I remember one, I remember one night after partying to the wee hours of the morning, I mean, in, in the wee hours of morning, I don't even remember where I was at. The Lord won't even let me, won't even let me, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to even, you know, know where I was at. But I woke up early in the morning after partying all night. I was sitting on the side of the bed, and I said, my goodness, there has to be something better than this. I was a backslidden. I walked away from the Lord. Wasn't even, you know, I didn't even go to church for two times a year like a lot of people does Easter and Christmas, I didn't, because I figured if I'm going to go to church, I felt too guilty to go to church just because of the way I was living. But I remember that I, after doing whatever I did that night, that I got up and sitting on the side of the bed, and I was looking out the window, and I said, man, there has to be something better than this. And all of a sudden, the voice of God came in there. Jesus Christ come right in there and said, there is something better than this. It's, called, it's me, it's Jesus. You know, that shocked me. Because I didn't think Jesus was there. And then when he said he was there, it made me think, well, did you see what I did just not too long ago? I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. Was you here when I'd done that? <laughs> but he said, listen to me, he said, there is something better, and it's me, it's Jesus. I want to let you know, listen to me, I, I turned around and got on my hands and knees on the side of the bed, I repented of everything I need to repent, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and life, and, 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 and I'm telling you, he came in and totally radically changed me. I mean, just he just totally radically changed me, amen? There has to be a thing to where you know you've been changed, amen? And so, so, so I got up from there, and I thought, okay, you know, I was dating my wife who wasn't married, then I was just dating, and, and I knew I had to call her, and I knew I had to pay the price if she didn't want to come. So back in them days, you didn't have cell phones or anything. I had to you know, get around and find a dime so I can call her from a payphone. I had to find a payphone. And so I called my wife-to-be. Didn't know if she's going to be my wife-to-be after she heard my testimony. I called her up, and, and, and so when she answered the phone, all I said is, hey, how you doing? And her response to me was, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean what happened to me? And she said, there's something different about you. Wow, how do you know that? <laughs> but she heard it in my voice. So I told her what Jesus did for me. And she said, okay, I need to get off the phone. I thought, hey, wait a minute, what do you need? Because I thought, oh, here we go. You got to pay the price. How I many know you got to pay the price? I thought, dear God, okay, I'm going to be losing her. I said, why do you got to get off the phone for? Listen to me. This is what she said. She said, if he can change you like that, I'm going to go to my bedroom. And I'm going to ask Jesus to come into my heart. And to change my life, amen. And me and my wife got saved on the same day, not inside a church building. Amen. We try to get them in church to get them saved. You just need to get them saved wherever they're at. I mean, I understand what I'm talking about. Didn't I have a desire to go to church? But listen to me, there was a difference about me. She heard it in my voice. Amen. She heard it in my voice. And there, there, there needs to be a, a, a knowing that you know 
that you are a believer, amen, and that you are willing to be a sacrifice for the Lord, amen, because God is looking for sacrifices. Bethel is known as a place when they finally got into the promised land, Bethel was the first place that they took the Ark of the Covenant and set it there. And they took the brazen altar and set it there. And they had the glory of the Lord and they had the sacrifices in the same place, amen? So the Lord's looking for sacrifices. Continual sacrifices. Ones that are willing to stay on the altar no matter what it's costing them. Amen? We got to get to the place to where we're not in and out, up and down, where we're going to in this and we're sold out the whole way. Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? Where you're sold out the whole way, no matter what happens. Amen. No matter if you get up in the morning and it seems like the worst thing happened, that we're still a living sacrifice. Amen. That we're still dying to ourselves in order for the presence of God to fall on us and to consume us to where we are not seen, amen, to where God is seen, amen, to where God is in the house and people don't know, and people don't know anybody that's in the house. All they do is know that God is in the house, amen, to where you and I take the God that we know to the workplaces, amen, and take them to our houses, amen, and take them to, to wherever we are, we are at. A living sacrifice will carry the, the fire of God as being a living sacrifice, amen. You and I will be carriers of the glory. How many want to be carriers of the glory? We do that by being a living sacrifice, amen. Isn't God good? I do feel the presence of the Lord. I do feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. God's looking for sacrifices. He's looking for people that are willing to get up on the altar and stay there. Amen. We have lost a lot of the old ways. We really have. You know, I grew up in a church, listen to my church, I grew up in a church where we didn't have a time on prayer meetings. Amen. We did not have a time on prayer meetings. The women in our church would get together and they'd stay there and, until they touched heaven. <laughs> Amen. It, it, a term that we have lost in the church is the tearing part, the lingering part. You know, to, to wait until he shows up. <laughs> Amen. I don't think God is ever late, but I think God is ever testing us. Amen. To see if we're willing to linger. Amen. A lot of people aren't willing to pay the price to linger. A lot of people want the presence of God. They want the fire of God, but they want it on their own terms. You know, they want it on their own terms. They, 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 they want the presence of God and the fire of God, but they got it in a box on their own terms. Okay, Lord, you know, we, we, we do once a week. Okay, show up once a week. You know, and do it on short. You know, you know we've got a busy life. You know, do it on the short. You know, once a week. You know, we're here for an hour and a half or two hours a week, and we want your presence. We want the fire of God. Then all week long, there's not even a thought to him. Amen. We have really, really lost a lot of things. 
that needs to be resurrected back up. Amen. What happened to the all-night prayer meetings? What happened to the true intercessors, just like we hear from our sister here, that weeps and wells, and wells and weeps until the heavens are jacked open, amen, and come down and start changing people, amen? Are we willing to be that type of sacrifice? Everybody wants to be the type of sacrifice that lays hands on people and they get saved, healed, or whatever. You know, everybody wants that. But where's the ones that want to be a sacrifice that's in, the, that's in obscurity? You know as well as I know, Brownsville, that, that intercessory room was a key to every one of them services. Every one of them services, they had a team of intercessors back there praying the whole time, crying out to God. They got their hours before the service, and they stayed to hours after the service. Amen? Where, where, where are the people that don't mind being in obscurity and, and do the work that, 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 that may not be like the lifeline of the ministry, amen? Where are the ones that will weep all night? I was a mailman for 16 years. And in and, and my first two years of being a mailman, I was in the worst part of Kansas City. I mean the worst. I had three people get shot while I was out there. People getting shot all the time. Had people get, in fact, one time I had a kind of funny story. I thought I got shot one time. Because you, you kind of get jitterous. How many know what I'm talking about? When people get shot around you, you kind of get jitterous. I remember coming up on, the, on one, uh, one street, and I, I, I get there, and, and the police cars were around. They had the, the yellow tape blocking it off and everything. I thought, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? But you know the mailman, you got to deliver the mail no matter what. It is a true slogan. Okay? <laughs> it is a true slogan. So I get out there. I go to the police officer and say, what happened? Before I start walking over trying to, and they go, well, some guy come home and called his Wife in bed with another guy, got the shotgun out and started doing his business. And I said, okay, you got it apprehended, don't you? They said, no, he's on the run somewhere. The shotgun's in the middle of the street, but we haven't got him. But go ahead and go up there and deliver the mail. We'll watch out for you. And so I did. You have to. You can't call your boss and say, I can't deliver because somebody shot someone. And in the post office, you do deliver the mail no matter what. And so I was walking up there thinking, wow, I could, this guy could grab me from a bush or something because they didn't find him. I remember another time. I remember another time that I, I this is the time that I really think, I, uh, uh, you know, I, that I thought I got shot is when you went through the projects, you went like this, you know it, and around and around. And around, you know, I mean, you went through this way, you went through this way, you went through this way, you went through this. I come around the corner to deliver Mel, and I heard this big bang. I mean, like a gun. I, I mean, a gun. I instantly thought I got shot. I so instantly thought I got shot, I threw the Mel up in the air and grabbed a hold of my chest. And I'm sitting there going, they said you don't feel it at first. You know, that's what was going through my head, so I thought, oh, God. I said, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I can't even get home my wife because we didn't have cell phones back in that day. And I thought, oh, God, I got shot. I said, I can't, I can't even get a hold of my wife. What am I going to do here? And then I thought, well, maybe I just need to look and see how bad it is. Amen. I mean, serious. My mail's all over the place. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to look and see how bad it is. So I started pulling my hand. And I started looking down. I thought, wow, I didn't get shot. It was such a reality that the lady that run the, the, the apartment complex, she thought someone got shot. She come running out of there thinking who got shot. 
You know what happened? I come around the corner at the same time someone was trying to start their car and it backfired. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that backfired. It made me thought I thought I was going to heaven that day. I did. I thought, dear God, I was going to go to heaven. Yes, he got it. I don't even know where I was going with that story. Yes, it made you tell a story, and you forget where you're going with the story. It's like, yeah, where was I going with that? A living sacrifice. Everybody say a living sacrifice. And, well, I was a mailman for 16 years. I was going somewhere with that, amen. But you got, you got to be willing to pay the price, amen. We have to be willing to pay the price, amen, because... Laughter is good for the amen. <laughs> Isn't God good? Look to your neighbor and say, it's okay to laugh, okay? <laughs> it's just okay to laugh. Amen. But God is looking for sacrifices. Amen. And I'm asking the Lord why he told me to tell that story for. There was a reason for me to tell that story, and I'm trying to figure that out. But I'll move on, and maybe I'll come back to it. Maybe he'll bring me back around to it. Amen. But you and I got to become a living sacrifice. We've got to be willing to pay the price all the time. Everybody say all the time. You got to be willing to pay the price all the time. You know, you, you can't come to the point to where you're going to just hop off of the altar because you're tired of paying the price. The scripture says, don't allow yourself to become weary. Amen. Listen to me. In order for you and I not to become weary, we got to be in that closet every day. You and I got to go to the closet every day. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm in the closet every, every day. The other night, we was in the hotel. The other, when was it? Monday night? We're in the hotel. And, uh, what are you laughing? We're in, the, we're in the hotel on Monday night, okay? And, it, and it's about, what time did you come in there? It was, it was, it was midnight. So we're getting, ready to go to, you know, we're getting ready to go to sleep and everything. And I'm, I'm about zoned out with my eyes zoned out. And Tiffany goes, Dad, Dad, Dad. I thought, what? She goes, look up on the ceiling. I looked up on there. There's a two-inch bug. I thought, dear God, not tonight. I said, not tonight. Have you ever, have you ever just faked like you didn't see something? Have you ever done that? Me and my wife was in the home. Tiffany was out of the house. And. And, and my son was out of the house, and so we're laying there sleeping. All of a sudden, I heard someone start talking in my house. But I thought, oh, I didn't, really didn't hear that. I didn't want to deal with it, but my wife heard it. My wife goes, did you hear that? I said, no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you don't want to get up and go deal with it. And, and so she goes, there's someone in our house. I said, I know it. <laughs> it's like. And she said, are you going to do anything about it? I said, well, I'm thinking about it. Because I know they're on the outside of our bedroom door. I've got to be prepared. There's nothing in there for me to grab a hold of. And so you get, I mean, you get brave. So I, so I go to the door. I said, okay, sweetheart. Yeah, I'm going to open this door. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, now, my wild days, I would be more prepared. I'm hearing someone talking about But when you're a Christian, you kind of can't just go to the heaven. You know, so I swung the door open real quick, and then that voice moved to my daughter's bedroom across from us. I thought, man, the voice is moving. 
you know. And so I thought, okay, I got to go over. So I went over to my daughter's bedroom, and I reached my hand in this dark room to flick on the light, thinking they're going to grab a hold of me and yank me down. So I reached around there, and I grabbed a hold of the light and flicked the light on, and the voice went into her closet. I'm sitting there, what in the world is going on? Now, I mean, no, the closet's the last thing. There's no escape in the closet. So when I open this door, they're going to come after me, so I got to be prepared, okay? So I got as prepared as you can getting woke up in the middle of the night. And I swung that door open to expect, and you know what it was the whole time? It was a little Tory inside that closet, and all of a sudden started talking to me, and I said, hello, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? I come back in, my wife said, I said, yeah, I got it, here it is. Yanked the battery. But we had that bug. We couldn't go to, we could not go to sleep with that bug there. So we're getting up, so, I, so you know, all of a sudden Tiffany goes, well, it has wings. Okay, now that's a different, I mean, no, that's a different thing. I was ready to go up there and whack that thing until I heard it had wings. So I thought, I'm going to throw it. Okay, so I threw my shoe at it, and I knocked it down. But then we couldn't find it. I mean, no, that's even worse. You don't know if it's dead or alive. Amen? And so, 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 so now it's like, okay, now who's going to be the brave one to start searching through the stuff that we got over there? And so we're over there, start looking around all of a sudden, and all of a sudden Zoe goes, it's behind the leg of the thing. And so all of a sudden we look, and so it was behind, and this thing was two inches long. Everybody say two inches long. It was big. And so we found, so we moved the chair out, the thing, and so it started, it ran and ran underneath of, of, the, of the air conditioner. The air conditioner, oh, God. And so we had to get our flashlight, and so we get our flash. I get my flashlight on my phone, and we're looking down there, and all of a sudden it comes running, and Zoe finally gets off the bed. She says, I'll kill that sucker. Get, let me get it, because we can go to sleep. And so she, so we get down, and all of a sudden it comes running out on my shoes. Zoe's screamed and jumped back in the bed. And Tiffany's going, Dad, it's in your shoes. I said, I know it's in my shoe. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for it to come out because I don't want to make a mess on my shoes. Amen. So the thing finally did come out, and then it started. Then Tiffany took off running because it started running across the middle of the floor. I took my shoe off. I whacked that thing. I killed it. I thought I killed it. That's what, that's what I'm getting. I thought I killed it. So Tiffany, I said, get a hold of them. We're going to a different room. I'm not staying in this room. I don't know if there's another one. There may be a family in there. <laughs> and so while she's, getting, while she's getting on the phone and everything, Zoe all of a sudden goes, Dad, it's coming back alive. I thought, what? I looked over there, and it was. It was like, like this. I thought, you stinking bug. You know? I went over there and beat that thing a couple more times. Thought it was dead. Thought it was dead. We're packing up things and everything, and all of a sudden, Zoe, or it was you? Tiffany goes, it's moving again, Dad. I thought, doggone it. What type of bugs you guys got down here? <laughs> Everlasting bugs? That thing kept us up. We didn't get to sleep till 2.30 that morning. Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, what, what day? Yeah, Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning. Amen. Everybody say you got to pay the price. And I don't even know why I told that story. Quiet time. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. I knew. 
I'm still wondering why he told me the one about the getting shot. But quiet time. Everybody say quiet time. That's the reason why I told that story. Because even though, listen to me, I'm a person that lives in the closet. Okay? If you ask anybody, I do live in a closet. I was up till 2.30 in the morning. And even when you laid to go to the pillow, how many know if there's one bug in the hotel, you think they're everywhere? Amen. I mean, all of a sudden, you feel something crawling on you. It's really not crawling. Even if you're in another room, how many understand what I'm talking about? You just feel something. It's like, oh, this is like, I was almost ready to go sleep in my car, to be quite honest, that night. You know? But, I, but that, my quiet time, everybody say quiet time. So I got a, an, an eternal clock that goes off for my quiet time. It goes, always goes off around 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And so, so I, I didn't have a, like three hours of sleep. That thing come off. I woke up. And I thought, I need to spend time with the Lord. Because you've got to be willing to pay the price. You've got to be willing to pay the price. Oh, I was dead tired, but I, needed, I knew, you know, you know you've got to live in that closet. Amen. In, in order for God to really use you, you've got to be in that closet. Amen. Listen to me, church. You have to have a, a closet time. You've got to have a time to where you go to the, into the presence of the Lord every single day. Every single day. You can't live from church service to church service. Amen. You've got you to gotta find that quiet time, no matter, no matter what it costs you, and it will cost you. It costs you to give up time that, that is precious. How I many know it's precious time that you've got to give up? Amen? But, but, but I'm telling you, the rewards of it and the benefits of it is just incredible, amen? Because, God, I, I live in that closet. I cannot live without that closet. Amen? And so, so you and I got to be willing to be that sacrifice that is willing no matter what the cost is. Amen? You and I got to pay the cost. You and I, Jesus said, when you go into the secret place, when you go into your closet, I will be there. Amen? We got to be willing to pay the price. We got to be that living sacrifice. Amen? We, we can't let anything keep us from him. No matter if we're weary and we're tired. Because that's where I was going, weary and tired. A lot of people are weary and tired because they're not connected to the vine. You got to be connected to the vine. Jesus said, you're the, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. You can't do nothing without me. He said that. So you and I got to be connected to the vine. The way you and I uh, you know, be connected to the vine isn't just the day we got saved. It's every day spending time with him. And it's every day being connected to him so that he can give us the strength to do what we need to do. But also in that quiet time, amen, and that quiet time is a place where you and I are dying to ourselves all the time. Amen? A place where we're laying our lives down all the time so that God can put the fire of God inside of us. Amen? So that we can be a shining bright light for Him. So that we can be carriers of the glory of the Lord. It comes when you and I are dying. Amen? Amen? So the Ark of the Covenant and the place of sacrificing, the minute they got into the promised land, they went to Bethel. The minute they conquered that city, it was there that they set the Ark of the Covenant. Isn't that something? Amen. God has his eyes on Bethel. Amen. 
God has his eyes. God's heart's there. That's why when you said, go back to Bethel. Amen. I loved your word on the last night. Phenomenal. Amen. But I thought it was just really eye-opening when the Lord showed me that that's where they put the Ark of the Covenant and when they offer up sacrifices at Bethel. I thought, wow, Lord. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, all, all I'm doing is looking for living sacrifices. He said, all I'm doing is looking for someone's willing to pay the price. No matter what it is, they're willing to pay the price. Because it costs. How I many know it costs to be a real Christian? It costs us. I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. A living sacrifice, we have to die. And it's not a one-time dying. Amen. It's a continual dying. It's a continual dying of our flesh. It's a continual offering ourselves up as a sacrifice. Amen. The presence and the fire of the Lord. Stand with me if you would. Go ahead and move the seats, get the seats moved.